Um, grad service is always um, one of my favorite. It's always exciting to see the grads because they always look so nervous. Uh, I get it because I was the kid growing up where when the teacher said we had a project or a presentation, I would text my mom, or actually I'd, this is when we had Next House, um, to come check me out of school because <laughs> I hated it. Um, so the fact that I'm here is testament to what God can do, basically, that's all. So I have a message uh, for us um, that I believe God put on my heart. And so over the next three hours, we're going to unpack it. Okay? Just kidding. I'll be, I'm just going to be transparent with you. One of the things that I always wrestle with is I, and you can ask, I always share this with Pastor Paul, I always stress over the length of a message. I don't know, maybe you can relate. <laughs> or maybe it's just me. Um, I always stress over that, so, but I know it's in the Lord's hands. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 13. Um, it's right after Genesis in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 13. And I'm going to be uh, preaching from the New American Standard, so follow along with whatever translation you have. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, um, that we can open it up. Lord, I pray that your spirit will, will speak here, Lord, that everything that I say, Lord, will be exactly what you want. And Lord, I, want, I pray that we hear from you directly, Lord. Not Aaron. Lord, I pray that we hear from you, Jesus. We need, we need you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I have a question, or a statement, really. What if this pandemic was a type of wilderness for the church? Think about that for a moment. Back in January, um, you know, it was in the news. We heard about it. We heard about what was happening in China. My wife and I, we went on a cruise. There was no worries about it, even on the boat. When we came back a week later, it like blew up, it seemed like. And everything seemed to change. But what if this pandemic was a type of wilderness for the church? And when I say the church, I mean believers. I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about Christ followers, disciples of Jesus, Christians. What if this pandemic was a type of wilderness for the church? A season to grow us, and get us to repent of our sin, a wilderness where all we can do is cry out to the Lord for a move of God in our nation. A time and a season where the only thing that we can do is to cry out to Him. I mean, let's think about it. When other time in our lifetime has there been no competition for the church on Sunday mornings? Entertainment was shut down. Sports was shut down. Restaurants were closed. Bars were closed. But when you turned on TBN, you, turned, you got on Facebook, what did, you, what did most people see? A live service from a church somewhere. A lot of churches, last minute, had to put together a live stream um, production or whatever. That didn't do it before, but now are doing it. Now churches are reaching people all over. But the cool thing about what happened in this pandemic is it brought us home, right? 
And I know for my family, it was a blessing in, in some ways to be with my kids and my wife. But what if this pandemic was a type of wilderness that God wanted to use to wake us up? We're going to be talking about Egypt and the wilderness this morning. And a question I might ask repeatedly is, what's your Egypt? It'll make more sense in a few moments. So um, we're going to begin in verse 17 of chapter 13 of Exodus. It says, now when Pharaoh, Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, okay? Even though it was near, that way was shorter, but God didn't take them that way. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Verse 18, hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea and the sons of Israel went up in a martial array or orderly form from the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear saying God will surely take care of you. Do you believe that? And you shall carry my bones from here with you. Then they set out from Succoth and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Verse 21, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. My first point is this. It's really simple. The wilderness is often the place God takes us to grow us. The wilderness is often the place God takes us to grow us. Have you ever been in a season where God was growing you and you might have been miserable? Or it just wasn't easy? Or better yet, it wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't how you pictured it. But one thing I've learned, that even in the wilderness, we can still praise Him. We can still worship Him. Because just because you're in a wilderness doesn't mean God is not good. He is always good. He is always good. So even if this pandemic was a type of wilderness for the church, God is still good. And he is still on the throne. And we must not forget that. So the wilderness is often the, the place God takes us to grow us. Because a lot of times, if, if you think about it, if, you take, if they would have taken the shorter route, do you think the people of Israel would have learned all that God wanted them to, to learn or to become the people that God wanted them to be without going the detour, so to speak? Sometimes God will take you through the wilderness because that's the only way that he's going to get you to become the person he wants you to be. It's only, sometimes it's the only place where you're going to learn the lessons that you need to learn to be who God wants you to be. And maybe it's a wilderness that's going to take the, to wake up the church to be the church that God wants her to be. I don't know about you, but... It, did the Holy Spirit speak to you at all during this pandemic about what, any, any areas of your life where 
something needs to change. Wake up. He did that for me. I know he did it for me. One, it just made me realize even more so that there's a whole world that is full of fear. That there's a world full of hatred. And the church must be on the front lines showing the love of Christ. So God might not always take you the shortest route. How many of you would be ex- are excited about that thought? It's like, say you want to go to Fort Pierce. You just take 70, right? Well, it's like, what, 30 minutes? Now that is four lane. But instead, God takes you up 441 to Yeehaw. Go over the Vero, and then you get on 98, and then you cut down. But then there's an accident, so you have to get off the highway and go to another way. So three hours later, you arrive at Chick-fil-A. Sometimes he takes us on detours. But we have to trust that he knows best. Okay, he knows best. So God might not always take you the shortest route, but know this, there's always purpose in the detour. Okay, there's always purpose in the route that he takes you. And the route that he's directing the church here and globally, there's always a purpose. God's in control. You know, sometimes detours are not fun. You know, sometimes God will take you on a different path and it's exciting. Other times it's like, because it, it goes against what you want. And it's like, oh, this is not good. This is not what I wanted. A couple years ago, I took my wife to the airport um, in Orlando, okay? And this is, you know how you get to Orlando, right? You take 70, or not 75, the turnpike. And um, so I dropped, I dropped her and Lexi off at the airport. They were flying to Ohio. And I don't remember, it was probably 6, 7 o'clock or something like that. And I get in my car. I'm like, I'm hungry. And so I, I, I'm like, I'm going to stop at um, one of the service plazas on the turnpike. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Canoe Creek or whatever it's called. Um, and I, I, so first I pull up to the gas station to get gas. Now I'm on my way home. This is the normal route, the quickest way. I pull up to the gas station. I get gas. And then... While I'm pumping my gas, I hear, it's never good to hear a weird noise while you're pumping gas, first of all. So I I look around at my car, and I realize my front tire is leaking air. I ran over a nail. So I get the gas, I go park, and if you don't, anything about me is, I am not a handyman. Okay? Just ask Mark. He, He helps me fix everything in my house. I, even when it comes to changing the tire, I, I, I know how to do it, but the, in the back of our car, it was this kind of jack that you had to put together. I wish I knew Mark then. And so I, I, I sat there, I called Sarah, and I was mad. I was like, I just want to go home because my boys were at the lace house. I was like, I just want to go home. Now I can't. My tire's flat on, on the turnpike. I'm like an hour and a half away from home. So this is around 7 o'clock, I think. So I call my insurance company, and they're like, yeah, we can send a truck. It'll be there an hour. And then a little bit later, they call me, oh, by the way, it's going to be three hours. Three hours at the, I don't know how long you've ever spent at the service plazas, but three hours I waited there. I ate my Wendy's, then I went and got more food, 
and I waited and I waited. But here's the, here, the whole point of this story is God put me on a detour to teach me a lesson of patience. As often as that is, he used a nail in my tire to teach me a lesson of patience. So if you ever want to ask God for patience, you never know what he's going to do to give it to you, okay? So, but I learned there was a lesson in that detour for me. To trust him, that he knows what's going to happen, and that he's in control. And so the Israelites, you know, they're leaving Egypt, and they didn't go the shortest route. But God had purpose in the wilderness for them. He had purpose in the wilderness for them. Sometimes God takes us on routes to grow us, even if the route was the result of something beyond our control. God can use it. God can turn anything into something good. Wouldn't you agree? God can use any situation and he can redeem it. I believe God is the God of redemption. He can rewrite. He can redeem your mistakes. He can, he can, he can use anything in your life that you might have messed up and blown. And he can redeem. He can redeem. See, here's a, one, one thing that bugs me as a believer is so many Christians believe in Jesus for their salvation, but they leave it at that. Okay, he can save me but from hell, but he can't fix my situation. He can't, he can't fix this bondage that I'm in, this Egypt that I'm in. No, God, God, is, God is, yes, the God of our salvation, but he can deliver you from your Egypt. Question is, do you believe that? No amount of preaching will change it. You have to make the decision. Do you believe that God can deliver you? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, the route that our nation is on, I believe, is not the route that God wants for us. You turn on the news. It's 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 horrible between the pandemic of fear that has swept across our nation. It's almost like earlier in the year, fear was the, was the, uh, the bondage. Fear was the, the Egypt. It was sweeping across our nation. Everyone, a lot of people, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people were fearful. And now like a, almost like a switch, it seems like hatred is sweeping across the world, especially in our nation. I don't believe God wants us to be on a route of fear and hatred. I don't. But God can redeem, rewrite, and use what the enemy and the world wants for evil and use it for good. Wouldn't you agree? You know, we've all um, heard in the news about George Floyd. How, How tragic that was. The injustice of it. But here's an example of what God can do, how God can redeem. There's an article, um, I actually heard about this article from, uh, Pastor Paul shared it with me. There's an article that was released, and 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 this type of stuff you won't ever see in the mainstream news. Because they don't want it in the news. But what happened was wrong. Was injustice, yes. But look what God is doing in the very place where George Floyd was killed. 
Listen to this. This is the title of the article. Born again by the power of Jesus, dozens of people saved, healed at intersection where George Floyd was killed. The world has witnessed violent protests and peaceful demonstrations for nearly two weeks following the death of George Floyd, but we've also seen testimonies of faith and love among Christian brothers and sisters revealing that there's no racial division in Christ. Would you agree with that? Now the streets of Minneapolis where Floyd was killed have become the site of an outpouring of God's love and salvation as hundreds of people have gathered to glorify God through worship, evangelism, and baptism. People are getting saved, baptized, and healed on the place where evil took place. How cool is God? But the secular world won't, you know, they won't promote that. But no, God can redeem. So what's the, what's the route that you're on? Are you in a wilderness season yourself? Maybe your wilderness season is you haven't heard God's voice in a while. And, and those are usually the moments where we need to be in God's word the most. When you feel dry. So my second point this morning is this. God knew though Israel was out of Egypt, it was going to take years to get Egypt out of Israel. I'll say it again. God knew though Israel was out of Egypt, it was going to take years to get Egypt out of Israel. Okay? Here's the thing. Though we come to Jesus, we, we, you know, we get saved, oftentimes it takes time to get us out of our own Egypt. Okay? The place where we are in bondage, and that might look different for each of us. You know, after I got saved, I got saved in a tiny little church on the outskirts of town. I'm pretty sure that Pastor Danny's dad built back in the day. Is that correct? It's, a, it's just cool how God is full circle, but I remember being in that, in that, that church that night and I got saved, and, my, and I was the kid that had um, listened to all kinds of music. On my computer, I had a program, a program called LimeWire. Anyone know what that is? So we all have done it. <laughs> Students don't do this, okay? Um, uh, it was a program where you download music. It's not on iTunes, okay? It was stealing. I had thousands of songs. And that was, so I, I was saved. And that was one of the first things God delivered me from. My problem of downloading stuff on LimeWire. But it was years for other things in other areas of my life that I was in bondage that God delivered me from. You know, he, he set me free. He, he saved me. But a lot of times I found myself in my own Egypt in bondage. And maybe you're here this morning and you're in an Egypt. Depression, anger. You, you feel like your marriage is hopeless. You're, uh, it's, maybe it's an addiction. What if today, what if this morning is the day of the beginning of your exodus? Well, God's going to deliver you. 
You know, when I first, when I first, one of the things that was years after my salvation that God um, opened my eyes to that this was an Egypt for me was um, right after I stepped into ministry. Um, when I first went into youth ministry, I was a youth pastor at another church. And I remember right when I started youth ministry, I began having these issues um, with, my, with my throat. Like all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. I remember, because this is the time I worked at Home Depot, I remember I was walking down the front of the store and then out of nowhere, I just felt like, I just felt the sudden rush of panic and fear. My heart was racing. I felt like my throat was literally closing. And I sat down in the front and the, my manager gave me water and she's like, do you want me to call the ambulance? I was like, no, not, no. Uh, but I fought this battle uh, for I don't know how long. I would wake up in the middle of the night out, out of a dead sleep completely in a, in a full-blown panic attack. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but anxiety is horrible. The panic attacks were horrible, and I began to experience these regularly. And that, and that was an Egypt for me. It was anxiety. And I needed the Lord to get me out of my Egypt to deliver me because I was in bondage to, my, to anxiety. And so I, w I went to the doctor. Um, I, I did everything. I was, I was, it was so strong on me. And this is what, this, this is what happened. I remember, because um, the medicine I was taking kind of messed with my mood. And I remember my wife looking at me. She's like, hand me those. And, and, she, and we wrote these um, on, on the index cards, different prayers. We put them all over our house. And no matter where I went in my house, I was reminded of God's truth and God's promises and who God was and who I was in Christ. And eventually God delivered me. Now I'm not suggesting that you go and stop taking any medication that the doctor gave. Don't, don't hear that, okay? Please, don't hear that. But I, in, my, in my journey, the bold prayers of my wife helped me realize the bondage that I was in and my anxiety. And I experienced an exodus. What is your Egypt this morning? What is it that you're in bondage in? Maybe it's that thing that no one else knows about. It's your secret sin. In reality, it's not a secret because God knows. Other people might not, but God knows. Here's, what I've learned is the way of the wilderness is more about your character than your comfort. The way of the wilderness is more about your character than your comfort. Sometimes he wants to, the wilderness is the only way that he's going to get you to become the person he wants you to be. And sometimes it takes a detour. But I promise you there's purpose in the wilderness. There's purpose. I mean, just think about this pandemic. How many people the church reached that we might not have reached before? Now that, you know, now that everything's subsiding, 
I want to encourage people to, you know, to come. Don't, for, don't forsake the gathering of the gather, the assembly. Don't, for, don't forget to gather together. But it was, it was amazing to see what God was doing during this pandemic, how, how he was reaching people. It was almost like 2020 started, and then, you know, everyone had their plans. This is what we're going to do in 2020, but then here's God's plan. It goes like this, and nope, there's the detour. But there's purpose in it. I believe that. 100%. I believe that God has a purpose in everything that's happened. So instead of letting fear or hatred dictate what we're going to do, I think, it's, I think we need to open up our hearts and say, okay, Lord, what's in my heart? What do I need to repent of? And let's reflect Jesus to our culture and influence our culture. You know, the, the church needs to be the voice, the, in my opinion, the loudest voice about who Jesus is, what Jesus can do, because no amount of legislation, or however you say that word, let's just say law, how about that? No matter law, no politician is going to fix the human heart. But God can. But God can. Flip over to Exodus chapter 14. Uh, beginning in verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, now this is the, uh, the, the Israelites had left, okay? They had left Egypt. The Exodus had started. It says, as Pharaoh drew near, he was, Pharaoh was in pursuit of the Israelites. And behold, the, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened, the Israelites, when they saw that the um, Egyptians were coming after them. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They're saying, you know, God was delivering them. He did deliver them. He was on his way. And they're saying, it would have been better for us to die and, to, and serve the Egyptians. That's not, the, that's, not what, that's not the attitude that God wants us to have. Trust me, listen. The Israelites wanted to return to Egypt where they were in bondage. Think about that for a moment. How often do you want to return to what you know, to what you're comfortable with, but that's your area of bondage? Here's, here's the thing. They lacked trust in the God who just delivered them. You know, faith must become trust. Your faith in Christ must become trust in Christ. That you believe, that you trust that God is in control. That yes, you might be on a, on a detour. That the plans that you have or had might not be happening the way that you want them to happen. But God is taking you around on a, on a, into a wilderness. Just know, just trust his leading. God knew it was going to take years to get Egypt out of the Israelites. 
even though they were out of Egypt physically. That's where we have to trust him. God knew the way of the wilderness is what they needed to learn to trust him and not any security that they might have had back in Egypt, even though they were in bondage. Think about that. They were in bondage and they wanted to go back to the place of the army that was coming after them. Think about how irrational that is in some ways, how, how fear might have overtaken them. Even though they stood there faithless, God showed his faithfulness by parting the Red Sea and taking out the Egyptian army. But isn't it encouraging to know that even when you and I are faithless, God remains faithful? How many times have you found yourself in a situation where you just doubted you were faithless and, and God and his faithfulness still came through. You know, a while back, um, um, our family went to Alabama. Every few years, we go to Alabama for Thanksgiving. And this, year, this, this one year, we came back. And this is like a couple days after we got back. We went to the tree lighting ceremony, and we got back to our house. We were walking down our hallway, and um, it, your hallway shouldn't squish, right? Our, um, our, we had a, behind my, sh in our shower, our shower busted and flooded our shower well, I mean, it flooded under the shower um, and into the wall and down our entire hallway and into our boys' room some and into our living room some. Like under the floor, it was all wet. So we had, a, we had to rip it all out. Mark came over and a number of other people came over. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I, this was a moment of faithlessness for me. I was like, what are we going to do? How are we going to replace this? Our insurance doesn't cover water damage. But here, I'm, here, here, I'm just here to tell you this. Even when I had those moments of faithfulness, God was faithful. God was faithful. He was our Jehovah Jireh. He provided. And now today our floors are dry. So, I mean, that was a few years ago, so they should be dry by now. But, but he provided. That's my long story short. He provided. The Israelites, they, they were standing there in, 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 a, in a moment of faithlessness. But God and his character and his faith, in his faithfulness, I should say, and their faithlessness, God was faithful. And he still parted the Red Sea and gave them a way out. Think about that. Even after they made that statement about wanting to go back, he still parted the Red Sea. Third point is this. The way of the wilderness gives God the most glory. The way of the wilderness gives God the most glory. The nail in my tire gave God more glory than teaching me patience in, in another way. The, the wilderness that, that you might be in right now, or maybe the wilderness, if you want to call it a wilderness, that the church was experiencing with COVID-19 gives God the most glory. Especially during a pandemic, because the, the only solution is we can, all we can do is cry out to him. All we can do is turn to him. But the way of the wilderness gives God the most glory. Only God could have parted the Red Sea. Only God could have defeated the Egyptian army. 
Only God could have made the walls of Jericho fall down once they get there years later. Only God could have provided for the Israelites in the wilderness. So the, the wilderness path, by the way of the wilderness that the, the Israelites were going, would give God the most glory. So when, when we tell of what happened to the Israelites in the wilderness, all, it always points back to how he provided, how, how God delivered. It never points back to, look, look what Moses did, how, it, that Moses or the Israelites. No, no, God. It gives God the most glory. Here's the, here's the reality check. God's not going to share his glory. So the wilderness that you're in, God has for a purpose. And listen, this is an opportunity for you to glorify him in ways that you might not have been able to outside of the wilderness. So it gives him the most glory. Only God could have set me free from my anxiety. The Egypt that I was trapped in, that I was held in bondage in, only God could have done that. So today, if someone's here and they find an exodus, only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. So what is it for you? What has happened in your life up until this moment where all you could say is only God could have done that? What has happened in your life to where you, that, that you can say, you know, it's only because of God that this happened or that I was set free or that someone I know was saved or delivered. It was only God. It was all God. Maybe he came through financially, physically, emotionally, in your marriage. What is it for you? Up until this point, what has God done that it can only be him? The last point is shorter God will lead the way God will lead the way in Exodus 13 verse 21 it said you know the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them by the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and night he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people God will lead the way. We must remember God is able, okay? you say that with me? God is able. Do you believe that? God is able. We must remember God is able to deliver us so that we can have an exodus from our own Egypt. You might be someone who said, yeah, God can do that for that person. Or God did that for the Israelites back in the Old Testament days. God, it's, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and what? forever he's the same God he was then that delivered them out of Egypt and he's the same God today and he can deliver you out of your Egypt he's a God of deliverance how long do you want to be in bondage are you like the, Egypt, uh, the Israelites saying no it's better for me to go back to my Egypt because that's what we know but here's the thing, God has so much more plans for you, so much better things for you than, than your Egypt. Do we trust him? Do, do we believe that God is able to deliver us from our Egypt? 
You know, Proverbs 6, 9 says, um, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. What's going to happen is what God wants to happen. Here's the thing. God knew COVID-19 would happen. You know, 2019 didn't end, and all of a sudden, and God, and all of a sudden God's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. No, no, God knew. Even before creation, God knew what would happen in 2020. He knows what's going to happen in 2021. And if, and if we believe that God knows, then we should be able to say, God is able. God is able. God is able to set you free. God still heals. God still sets free. God still delivers. You can have an exodus. We need to trust that God will lead us on the right path even if you find yourself in the wilderness. Even if you are on a detour. We must trust and know that He is in control. One of the things I want to do as, we, as I bring it to a close is I want you, if you have a pen in your journal or wherever you want to write, I want, I want to ask you to write something down. I want you to write down what the Lord might be saying is your Egypt. So Holy Spirit, show me what is my Egypt? What is the thing that I'm in bondage in? If you don't know right now, keep asking him. And then when you wake up at 3 a.m., write it down. Because sometimes he might wake you up and tell you. Write it down. And if, and if, you, if you don't write anything right now, I want to encourage you to do it later on now. After you do write it down, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cross it out. And I'm like, what's the point of that? Here's the thing. Put a big X over it. And next to it, write these three words. God is able. And let that be a reminder to you. God is able to deliver me from this bondage. I'm going to pray every day for my exodus. I'm going to pray that God will deliver me. How many years were the Israelites in Egypt before God delivered them? Sometimes God might, might deliver instantly. Sometimes it might be over time. Or maybe there's still some lessons he wants you to learn. All I know is, remind yourself daily of those three words that God is able. Especially you grads going off. Remember, God is able. He is able. The question is, do you believe that? Here's what we're going to do as we come to a close. I'm going to ask if you would to close your eyes. I want to ask you if you're here this morning and you can say, you know what, I, I, the Lord has laid on my heart what my Egypt is. I want, I, I want someone to come pray with me now to, to pray for my exodus. If you're here and that's you, would you just lift your hand up? And we'll have someone come Come pray with you right now. We have a few people over here.
anyone else? Do you, do, has God showed you what your Egypt is? Has he showed you what, what it might be in your life? I guarantee there's something that we all need God to deliver us from. Is there anyone else? And while they're praying, we don't ever want to give an opportunity not to present the opportunity for salvation. Here's the thing, the gospel can be summed up in one verse really. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for your sin and my sin so that we could be restored in right relationship with him. And maybe God's been speaking to you today and up until this moment and days prior that, that you don't know Jesus. That if you die today without him, you know you'd go to hell. If you're here this morning and you want someone to come pray with you and walk you through what it means to accept Christ, would you just raise your hand? We, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to but we're going to, someone will come pray with you and talk with you. If that's you, we just don't want, we want to give an opportunity. If that's you. And even if you're watching online, if that's you, please reach out to someone. Email us, prayer at m2l.live. All I know is God is able. So let's join together. If you would, would you stand with me as we sing this last song? Let's praise the God who can deliver, the God who can deliver us from our Egypt, the God who has purpose in the wilderness. And let's praise Him and let's thank Him.